Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook, so just go to your Facebook page and look us up. Hit C first or go to NewHavenIndependent.com. You can also hear us there. You can hear all the great programs that we have here on WNHHLP. You can also find Cannabis Corner Radio on Pro Cannabis Media and Green Haven Media. It is Monday, August the 21st, 2022nd. Welcome to Cannabis Corner. I am your host, Joel Chance, and I am joined by my illustrious co-host, Mr. <laughs> Uncle Lou, Lou Vega, Hemp Farmer Lou. How are you, my friend? How's it going, Joe? I'm doing all right. Can't really be mad. It was a nice, beautiful weekend. Had a good time moving into this work week now again. You know, just pushing forward and doing what we got to do. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about everything that is happening. Um, I guess I just try to keep the happiest face on for everything that's going on, Joe, man. The world as itself. Um I have some birth. My children's birthdays are coming up shortly. So it's like that whole adventure that's going on now. Life, kids, work. And, work, uh, life, kids. You know, everything that goes along with it, all while being the guy who smokes weed all day. <laughs> well, that's how you get it done, that. <laughs> I see yeah, it's all part all of it, right? <laughs> right now, I'm actually just cleaning a grinder. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> It yeah, it was a really a nice weekend. It really was. It was a good weekend overall. You know, a lot of really cool things happened. Uh, some good community services went through. Some of the events that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks happened. Um, I was really, you know, really excited with the event over that the Woofies did. Um, the Lunar's Cauldron with two roads. They had a great event there that was, you know, very community orient oriented to the to that to that Stratford Bridgeport community. Um it was in conjunction with two roads. They had food trucks there. There was um a nice section from King's rental. They did like a bounce house, a slide. They had like a kids, um a kids axe throwing thing, which was just a plastic axe plastic axes that they were thrown into like the little pegboards. And then there was an adult axe throwing side, and there was actually a whole little side for soft play that was um that's for like little kids under the age of two or three. And um, you know. Hi. I lost so. your boat. There you are. Yeah, yeah. The dog wanted to join in with the show. <laughs> All right. Well, 
maybe the dog has something to say. We never know. Uh, <laughs> I love it, Joe. But yeah, that was a really great event. So they raised some money for the youth uh, Fairfield Young Leaders Organization. Um, two roads has a great location there. So that was really awesome. And then, um, then we also did the Westville Community Center. We did a backpack giveaway. Um, we just participated in their event. We were really excited for that. There was a lot of people that came out and got backpacks that were donated by the Westville Community Center, local people, as well as other local businesses. So really excited about that was a great time. And then, um, you know, just kind of spent time with friends and family. Yeah, I had a good weekend. I went to uh, the Milford Oyster Festival. Nice. Which was very yeah. nice. Uh, I haven't been in a couple of years, but I used to go every year. Um, and I was surprised to see there were quite a few CBD vendors down there. Oh, that's awesome, Joe. Our friends from uh, Grateful Paws was there. I don't know if you remember them, but yep. they used to do a lot of the shows. They've been around for a long time and they were there. They have uh, a great line was, uh, of regular pet products as well. Yep. Regular and pet products. And yeah. then uh, your CBD store had a booth there. Yeah, yeah. And then there was somebody out of Massachusetts, Angels, somebody CBD. So uh, it was nice to cool. see that CBD uh, and cannabis were represented there at the Milford Oyster Festival, had a lobster roll. And well, that's, you know, Joe, those, those events are now accepting way more people, and it's really awesome to see that the Milford was cool with having the uh, CBD vendors there. And, you know, anytime you talk Milford and... Uh, and other other items and things you always got to remember bees twisted eats down there because you know our good friend b that's part right. of the community she they've been having a lot they've been having some issues down there with um some of their pride um pride paraphernalia you know because they have a nice little section by their store and i've been seeing that that's been being vandalized right lately you know they have a nice little area with a couple flags and you know a little beautiful little setup there so if you ever if you're listening, just uh, re respect other people's ways of life and choices and the 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 things that get put up, you know, just like any other flags or paintings, right? Yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm surprised at that in Milford too. They're usually pretty uh, LGBTQ friendly, so I, that I am surprised about. But go down but there, never to know. a little bit, buy some food. They have a great shop there. Yeah, she was open down there on the oyster festival seemed like she was doing well there's a lot of competition but uh there's a lot of competition but they're there all the time we, we'll have to have her on again it's been a while yeah. all right so right now with us our first guest is coming on uh he's been on the show before uh but he's a good friend of the show a good friend of both of ours uh he is the owner of the local market. I'm not going to say the rest of it because I guess there's some big changes going on here. And that's what Brian's going to talk to us about. So, Brian, how are you? I'm not going to give you a big, long intro. How are you today? Tell us I about am, the happenings going on at local market. I am doing really good, Joe. How's everything? Hi, Lou. How are you guys doing today? Can you guys hear me clearly? Yeah. Yep. Right. We hear you there. We're excited. Please tell us a little bit about what you got going on, brother. So basically, we are updating our space into a lounge concept. So we actually fully built out the bar uh, last night. So we're now fully uh, all of the products that were in the shop as like an open market concept are now behind a bar, so people can walk in, 
they can hang out in the lounge. We're going to have some sectionals and a table and some Xboxes and whatever. People can come in, hang out, same local market concept of selling local-based products, but now behind the bar. So people can walk in, they get their products, walk out if they want, but they also can hang out, which is the most accessible and also more acceptable thing as we're talking about with cannabis use. So anyway, we can keep rolling and keep growing as a community. We're saying, you know, at the end of the day, selling product is one thing, but giving people a place where they can decompress, you know, not feel stigmatized or all just so just feel more normal to the experience. That's exactly what we're doing at local market uh, moving forward. Basically, we changed our handle from Instagram to website to even I Facebook. Saw that. Now it's I all noticed that when I tried to tag you in my post this morning, it's no longer lo it was local market dispenser on Friday. Yep. And now it's local market lounge on Monday. So we were. Uh, <laughs> my goal I was got to get confused there, but I'm happy yeah, to hear it's a nice change. Definitely. Uh, the concept was to get into dispensaries and, and to, you know, go that route even if it was like a hemp dispensary, or even if we're just selling CBD and all hemp THC-based products, uh, the bigger picture is uh, not just selling the product, is also having a community where we can also consume the product. So is it indoor consumption yet? Not yet. You know, is it something that I'm working on every single day since I wake up? But at the end of the day, I want to make sure that I want to give people an opportunity where they can even, if they are consuming outside, right behind our shop, we're actually, uh, we find out some land that we can, we're putting a little gazebo where people can go to the back of the store and hang out in this little gazebo and smoke it and openly consume. Uh, but making sure that it gives it also like to not get behind the wheel and, and making sure that if they are going to be consuming to not doing it within the time frame that's going to, you know, change or, or impair their driving. So we, we are going to be more cognizant and conscious about making sure getting out that word about uh, consuming before driving or also being able to be more open with uh, giving people an understanding. Oh, we're actually hosting an event this uh, Friday night and Sunday. Yeah, uh, Monday talk evening. about this event you got going. Yeah, so we actually, we had a couple events. So, well, this is more of like a, it's a car show. We want people to come out, local market parking lot, Friday night and Monday morning to basically just experience a, a networking event. So there's no engine revving, there's no burnouts, there's no racing. Just want to make sure people can come out and network, basically. We plan on having t-shirts, you know, having the accessibility of just like, giving people an idea of what's available with local market. We are hosting more festivals, which is this Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the 26th and 25th, from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m., we're having a craft fair event with some hemp vendors as well, uh, making it more accessible so people can come see the creators behind the products that we sell. So they have an opportunity to understand what they're investing into and also who, like who's going to as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, we want to make sure they give people that idea of, like, what's available with uh, information so that's exactly why we're uh becoming more like a, a festival concept local market is far greater than just a retail store it's now evolving into like the event space as well so these are uh, these festivals we plan on hosting more often basically at that point so you got an event this friday night is a car show right and that is at local market what time does it start 9 p.m. It goes until 10 p.m. Just an hour. Oh, long. it's just an hour of hanging out right. with your cars. Now, do you want people to bring classic cars and nice cars that they've fixed up? All types of cars. You know, everyone is welcome. You know, we well, don't, you don't want them to bring a junk car. Either. Hey, we just, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Everyone, as long as it goes from point A to point B, that is, it's a vehicle. So I'm good. If you bring a boat, shit, it is what it is. You know, I said swearing, bro. Now, oh, man. I know. <laughs> um, 
Snap. I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, we can get away every now and then. Yes. So uh, very cool. So Friday night's the car show. And then Correct. Saturday and Sunday is more like an open air, outdoor type of festival. Are you going to have Correct. music? Are you going to have vendors? What's going to be there? You said it's crafts. So you're going to have people right. with T-shirts and paintings and cups and jewelry things. and all kinds of stuff, right? Exactly. Definitely. As well as hemp and CBD products. Exactly. And instead of just the products, the people who make the products will actually be there. So you can chat with them, talk to them a little bit about their testing and all, whatever you want to ask them. Very cool. I like that. And you have a band playing or is it a DJ? Do you have music? We're we're gonna have like some background music. Um, no DJ. Uh, there's there's been attempts, but just keep the ball rolling with whatever obstacle comes in front, basically. Right on, right on. We so call that DJ point and click, and there is nothing wrong with that DJ playlist, DJ point and click. They <laughs> set it up and it'll work perfectly. There's nothing even to discourage yourself on that at all, brother. Keep and will going. there be food there, Brian? Food and drinks. Will you be having some food trucks? The great thing about our plaza is that we're in a shopping mall with only food. So there is a Chinese place, there's a pizza place, there's a breakfast and lunch place. So uh, for the 12 to 5 uh, from Saturday and Sunday for the festivals, these restaurants will be open as well. So it will they be given like special prices, discounts? Um, not as of now. We, you know, this again. Well, you better get going and start talking to them. I, <laughs> <laughs> man, what you how it works, man. You're all in a plaza. Y'all got to support each other, you know, because you're Definitely. bringing them business. Your customers right. will come in and eat their food, you know. So good. Good. So that's 12 that, to hey, 5. You're what all in the mean? same plaza as you put out the uh, flyer and everything, put all those businesses on it and that's some advertising for them but i know that there's a pizza place there that's pretty good so if you're looking for food there's probably that pizza place there and you can see the shop you can see your shop right from the window so it's not hidden you know good so yeah so that's it you got some pizzas you know yeah sounds good man and um and you plan on doing these events um how often on a, reg on a regular basis so obviously this is our first one so it's like a trial and error hit or miss to see what it's like but after that, I plan on doing it, whether it be every uh, two weeks, like biweekly or once a month to eventually building momentum and doing it like larger events, larger spaces, uh, really the bigger picture, but taking full advantage of the opportunity that we have within our current store right now. Right on, so, right on. Definitely. And the lounge now, the lounge concept, what are your hours going to be with that? Uh, currently, it's Monday through Sunday, uh, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. I'm here myself. Uh, Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. So regardless of the whenever, uh, we do have our sales manager, Rolando. So he's also here uh, less time, but also more efficient. And if somebody needed uh, help with something and I'm not available to help them, he's also able to accommodate them as well. So it makes right. it easier. So you're working your butt off there, my friend. 10 hours, 10 to 10, 12-hour day, 12-hour day shift. It became passion. Hot in the back. It became a passion now, Joe. You know, I like um It's how it, it is, bro. There's it's no way out. I can't make it I can't make it in life from any other opportunity. I have to like fully go full force into what I, I believe in so I can see the results. But from that, you know, where I started last year to where I'm at this year, it's like night and day. So I, I man, I'm excited basically. Very, very excited. Yeah. 
Good, Brian. I'm glad things are going well over there. I did see some kind of post about you possibly opening a second location. Is that happening? That is really true. So basically, we love Wallingford. You know, there's a Wallingford and Meriden, one of the largest Latino populations in the state of Connecticut. Yeah. So we said um, we're we're the first Mexican in owned, and how can we impact our own people? I do speak Spanish fluently, so being here, moving my business from Hamden up to Wallingford was like not just a, a business switch; it was more of like the community switch. How can I also accommodate more people from like who's coming into the space? So like our shop right now is right off the Merit. Our second store is coming. It's actually going to be on the other side of Wallingford, but it's right next to the 91. So as people are coming from down south, up north, or whatever the case may be, we basically want to hit both demographics at the same time. But Wallingford is a center location for the state of Connecticut, so yeah, it's an also hour distance. tends to be a little conservative. Do you get uh, you get good support from the uh, community? Yeah, well, actually, uh, back in April, we became part of the Chamber of Commerce, so they right. they're fully you know supportive. Uh, they actually are hosting this like golf tournament where they're thinking about using our CBD cream to be uh, one of those lead products that people get to use while still being able to to golf concept so nice well that's how you that's how you grow you know what i mean you get support from your local community you know like lou's doing with nautilus he's getting out there in the community giving out backpacks the the, uh, the stanford dispensary i heard that coming congratulations i'm really that's that's fucking that's that's really dope that's, That's really good. Dope. I'm glad you caught that. That's really dope. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it is. And and it seems like everybody who has been fighting the fight since the beginning is now reaping the benefits. And and I, I think that's great, Brian. I think it's great what you've done. Me and Lou have obviously been watching you from the beginning. We've been supporting you. And we love to see it when a young entrepreneur, somebody just coming up in the business, starts to be successful in the business and follow their dreams and their passion. And I know Lou has been a a help with you and uh, you guys have worked together. So I think that it's great, you know, that what you're doing, especially in a town like Wallingford is actually succeeding and you're, you're adapting. I've noticed local market has gone through quite a few. You're adapting with the times, you know what I mean? What you feel like the times need. So that's great. That's important. I really appreciate your words for saying, you know, you guys, uh, uh, I'm in, I'm in forever life. Death, I'm, gonna put that, but like, I'm in more of like a, I appreciate the connection, something that's not tangible with currency, but more with like time. And the fact that we're able to like keep that connection always flowing and, and open. It's uh, that's what allows us to build something greater. So, you know, to hear those words, obviously the, the obstacles of uh, what I've, gone through just to get to where I'm at. I still don't feel like where I want to be, but I'm still better than where I used to be. So in that mindset, it's how can we help other people? Because it's not no longer what I can do for myself, it's what I can do for others. Exactly how you guys have taught me, basically. And it's just keep passing the baton down to you know, those who can do it for themselves and just giving them the opportunity to support the reinforcement. Uh, basically, you know, the backing, the reputation, something that builds something greater than just the physical. And once you... That's so what now community that is we're about. Trying, it's we, greater than the physical. So once again, let's say the date and time of the events. Yeah, and how we can reach you, yeah. right? How they can get a hold of you. Give us give us the details, brother. Our at on Instagram is local market lounge. The website is localmarketllc.com. And our Facebook page is local market lounge. Basically, we are a market for local businesses. Our event this Saturday and Sunday is from 12 to 5. Make sure you guys come support your local businesses and also your favorite Mexican. 
Your favorite Mexican. All right. All right, my friend. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Please check out Brian's event this weekend, even if you just go for a little while. Even the car show Friday night. He's got a great little thing going on up there, and we hope to see it expand. Brian, always a pleasure. We'll see you this weekend. Enjoy. Take care now, my friend. You too. Thank you. All right. Good kid, that that Brian. Very hard work. Always enjoy him very much. He's a good guy. He's got a lot of good things happening, and I really look forward. And it's too hard work. That's what it is. It's not handed. It's not given. It's all through hard work. So we always celebrate those that work hard. And I think that we have some of the hardest working women on the show right now. Joe, let's see what we got going on today because these women are powerhouses, Joe. We have I, I purposely booked this month with powerhouse women. I decided to make this That's month right, brother. dedicated to powerhouse women. As you can see by the guests we've had, uh, you know, we've been doing a good job. So with us today, right now on the other side is Kara Crab Burnham. Kara Crab Burnham sent me such a long bio that I could not read it all here. But Kara <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, co-founded an SSDP chapter. She used to be the host of a, a radio show, The Boston Pot Report. She started the women's group at MassCan, Normals, uh, which she was also the president of the director of. She ran the Boston Freedom Rally for a year. Well, she started a group called Lee. She was the director with me at the Northeastern Institute of Cannabis. <laughs> um, after that, she started her Elevate with uh, Beth and all the other great ladies from up there. And then she started her own consulting business after working for Evio for a little while. And right now, Kara is working on something really big. It is called the N-E-R-C-S NERC Symposium. Not NARC, NERC. Kara, welcome to the show. It is always a pleasure to see you with your lovely different colored hairs. You look great today. How are you? I am great. The beginning there was a little uh, inflated. I'm going with inflated. Um, I love that you see me so highly. I was a director at MassCan. I was a director at MassCan for about six years. Um, and I'm one of the co-founders of Elevate Northeast uh, with Tashonda Vincent Lee and Beth Waterfall. And um, we started the Northeast Institute, Northeastern Institute of Cannabis, which is amazing, uh, whole experience. And um, I definitely worked with the Normal Women's Alliance, though I absolutely did not found it. Um, <laughs> okay, I got one wrong. But it was I, I, this all speaks to my age uh, rather than my skill. If you ask, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I've just been in this and I for so long that um, if you don't keep busy, you find yourself. Um, you find yourself uh, not being relevant because everything's just you. moving so quickly. Um, I'll tell you what, though, what you did miss, which I'm probably most proud of, is changing the policy. At I was going to do that all separately, Kara, because this was going to be my first topic. See, I, I know what I'm that doing. That was part of our topic last week, too. This is it. You yeah. were brought up last week by Joyce Gerber, the Canna oh. Mom Show. 
And we had quite a, a few minute discussion about this. And this is very important because I was there. I was there at the school. You were, we were working. We were working to, together he, at the time. So this poor man had to deal with the hormones. <laughs> you went to the, to, they tested you for blood. They found, tell us the whole story. Oh, okay. So yeah. So, um, so I got, I've always been in the cannabis industry. I've been a medical marijuana patient, uh, for a long time. I have a seizure disorder. Um, after losing my first pregnancy, I had decided that then and there, like, there's no way I'm going to be screwing around with these, these drugs they were giving me that were teratogenic to keep the seizures down. And I, I had a long conversation with my neurologist and my OB and everything. And I was like, I'm going off of the pharmaceuticals. I'm sticking with cannabis. Like I want a baby. We got to make this work. And, um, uh, my doctor was super supportive, um, at Brigham and women, but what, um, and, and, um, I did have a medical recommendation at the time. There's a whole story there too. Let me tell you what. And then, <laughs> um, and then I went to, uh, I went to the hospital for, you know, one of my checkups and I was, I had to get more scans than most being high risk patient at Brigham and women. Um, and they sent the social worker from the hospital in to sit with, sit with me and explain to me that once the baby was born, they were going to do a check of the metabolites for cannabis in the meconium. The meconium is the very first bowel movement uh, of a human being. So um, they check for the metabolites and then by finding THC metabolites, they can uh, they can effectively accuse you of passing drugs to a child, a minor, and creating an unsafe living and situation, space, whatever. So they were gonna um, shoot, the, the hospital was gonna file a 51A. DCF was gonna come and do an investigation in my home. They wanted to come to my house and see my stuff. And I was just like, no, this is not, not going to work. So, um, so I, I started complaining. They actually sent me to the NICU. They made me sit with the head of the NICU who would like try to scare me. They like legit tried to scare me. It was like, but you don't know what could happen. This baby's going to come out drug addicted. And I was like, I'm sorry. Have you done any research on cannabis and pregnancy? ever like have you ever looked at it like i've looked i've looked at it um yeah that didn't work for me so um so i i kept arguing with my doctors it wasn't getting me anywhere my doctor who was on my side like my ob she uh she suggested i talk to partners and she gave me the number um contact for patient discrimination and that's how you can fight this because this is a policy. This is not a law. This is not a law. It's a policy. This is up to the hospital. The hospital decides to report. The hospital these- can change it, right? Okay. The hospital can decide not to report mothers. So that's that's the key to that. And I love moms, and I know lots of moms that have their babies there now and feel very safe in doing so. Yeah, that was. So really you cool. you through your process actually got them to change the policy. Yeah. That is awesome. That yeah. is and awesome. I know moms who have had pregnancies there since, and it it remain. I have not had a baby there since, so um, it remains the policy. Yeah, they don't. They if that's well. So there you go. Any women out there? Family. If you're in Massachusetts, this is where you should have your baby because they're <laughs> not going to bother you. <laughs> also, the entire state of Maine would not do this. Like, no, this isn't a thing. In the the state of Maine doesn't even have nobody has a policy like this. So I wonder if Connecticut if does. I'd have to find out. Yeah. I'd have to find out. Maybe if there's any moms out there. It's not necessarily, yeah, Lou, you, know, you might know. Joe, it's not necessarily that, you know, it's it's a good place, but it's more that they understand the mother's choices and mother's rights. And to show that 
the hospital is that understanding could go a long way. So if there are other hospitals that have that policy, that's the one way I would look at it. And I would advocate for anybody to do exactly what you did. And that was a very powerful movement. That was a super powerful thing that you did. And I, that demands the utmost respect because I was just the dad smoking weed outside while my wife was giving birth. Um, and I was like, what the hey is going on? This is a child. See, I, I, I have this great, it's like, the moment you hold, as a father, the moment you hold your child is when it becomes super, 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 super real. You guys have them growing, you know, women have them growing, have the babies growing yeah. for that yeah, whole time. Yeah. And it's just different. And it's like, you guys have that connection. That's, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't explain it at all. I don't, I don't know. And it's one of those things because it's kind of, I want to say bittersweet because the first time it's super real to a dad or at least to me, was when I got to hold the baby. And that was probably the very first time you didn't hold the baby for nine months. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, for me, that was always like, wow. And wow. it's, yeah, I have two kids. I have a 12, my daughter will be 12 this uh, this month, and my son just turned 11. So, you know. And how just old is that It's going to be seven. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. You talked about We've <laughs> known each other a while, you and me, Joe. Yes, we <laughs> have. Yes, it'll be 10 years so, in 2024. So wow. there you go. Wow. <laughs> so now with this, we have shown that you are you are forced to be reckoned with and somebody who puts their mind to something and will accomplish it. And I take it your latest goal is your symposium. So please definitely tell us a little bit about Yeah, I'm gonna try and pull that time. up now. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this because this is something I've been hearing all through the world of of New England. Ultimately, I had a meeting with somebody who did a consultation, and he brought it up, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a great place to start. You should definitely go on over to that event." So, please, uh, please tell us a little bit more, guys. This is like the first time I feel like I've initiated doing a thing that's never done before. It's very nerve wracking to be quite honest with you. I got it up on um, when I think right about now. it too much, I end up getting like stomach ache. But so yeah, it's like you can't if you just stand at the edge of you know a cliff jumping into water that could be eighty degrees, it could be fifty. Like you can't just stand there for too long because it gets you anxious. So that's the that's the phase I'm in right now. We're like what <laughs> ten days out. It's like oh my god, it's so real. Um, yeah, here it is, the Northeast Regional Cannabis Symposium. Now, this is a two-day event, right, Kara? It is. Go big or go home. So, um, so as as you know, Joe can attest, I've had a focus on vocational training um, and empowering the workers of this industry since about just as long as I've been in the industry. So, the whole one of one of the driving factors for me getting involved in activism was I was like fed up with the like, taxation issues, with the amount we were spending on policing, the amount extra we we're sending on incarceration, and then we're spending that on the defense most of the time because we're using the drug war to go after people who cannot afford their own defense. This whole thing is just a cost spiral and it's causing damage in all of these people's lives. And it was ridiculous. So it had to be fixed. So we get I that's how like I got involved in this. It just wasn't logical to me that we have prohibition. And and so for 10 years or so, almost, you know, I've been helping people move into cannabis careers and build cannabis businesses. And then I'm watching, I'm watching things happening within the workforce 
that show me that the workforce is not empowered to um to know how to protect themselves to know um you know about their jobs about the industry I've had arguments with security guards in cannabis facilities who have told me that certain communities are just more criminalistic and that's why the police enforce there more often. I was like, are you serious? Like actually believe these things. This is an employee of the cannabis industry. This person is not trained on, on social justice. Like they have no idea what the purpose of these equity provisions are. Like, well, and they're sure. working here. So, I, and then we see things like, like what happened at True Leaf in Massachusetts with Lorna McCurry, like we have a death in Massachusetts yeah. and I'm watching this. And I, and then on top of that, I know dozens of, of people like me who are saying, um, you know, I just can't go work for another one of these companies. Like right now I can't, I can't do it. Like I've had these like wild experiences as a cannabis employee. I'm going to try and go out on my own. And, and we're all going like, hush, like what's going on? And I think to figure out what's going on is, and do it in a proactive way. It deserves no one to be reactive and angry and start throwing fists and having a fight about whose fault the stuff is. But what can we do to be proactive and positive and engaging? And from, from the bottom up, from the foundation of this industry, what is needed? And the only way to answer that question is to have like 24 separate group conversations with lots of note taking. That's schedule. what you got going on. Uh, and and I and we we want to create a space for the workforce. They can be honest. They can talk about that what they've what they've experienced and their uh, brilliant ideas. I mean, these are the people who have to manage the regulations. The regulations make things complicated, and these are the people who do the stuff day in and day out. They have the best practices, they have the innovations, they have you know brilliant minds to come up with solutions on how to get through these, these things. Um, and they need to be highlighted, they need to be celebrated for, for staying, for continuing the work, for making sure patients have their medicine. They deserve to be celebrated. And you know we're, we're doing all of that. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> well, Lou, you're diving into all this now. We're looking at the schedule right now yeah. uh kara so i mean you said it's two days and wow i'm just looking at the first day yeah, this is a this is actually we have you have a lot going on understanding osha retail s w o t what does that stand for it's a so a so so these are not uh these are not sessions where you go into a room and you have you know people at the front of the room just talking at you these are all engaging conversations between with a room discussion host we'll be doing small activities we'll be breaking out into breakout sessions there will be role play activities there will be um lots of note taking and brainstorming sessions everyone in that room is going to be engaged in the conversation and engaged in um the content that is that is de developed and shared um yeah you got some great instructors I see you got a management training with Will Luzier. Yep, yep. Um, there's a couple of training sessions. Will has one of them. The OSHA training is another one that's not an official OSHA training because those are 18 and 30 hours. But it is going to be enough to empower someone taking a job in the cannabis, uh, in a cannabis facility to know like, oh, like I need OSHA training on ladders. I need 
to, somebody needs to show me these X, Y, Z, if I'm going to use the nutrients and the chemicals, like there's required training that a lot of people just don't know they're supposed to know. Right, right. No, I understand. I, okay. I see. This is one of the reasons I didn't get into the <laughs> because I just felt like there were just too many layers and layers that you had to learn and different agencies within the government that you had to deal with. Look, you're dealing with OSHA. You're dealing, you know, you have to deal with the state. You have to deal with the taxes of the, huh? you know, the tax committee, you know, all that stuff, well, safety. There is a lot. And Lou, you can attest to that. I see you smile like, yeah, you don't even know, bro. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> and Kara, you guys both know, right? You know, the taxes are savage, like, to be honest. But um, from the perspective of the workforce, it's a, it's a greater issue. Where are you going to get your mortgage? Are you going to have to worry about your yep. college fund that you've been putting your kids' money away for? Like, um, how do I make sure I can continue doing investments if I'm a mid-level manager and I'm about to get into stock market? Are they going to recognize my income? Stuff like that. Yeah. And I no. mean, it's really, this whole thing is, is workforce-based. It is all about, it. like, there's one ask the CEO panel. I, I invited a couple of CEOs. Well, they might as well be able to ask a CEO, but I do see this is all about basically how to, you know, either how to work at a at a facility, whether it be cultivation or whether it be dispensary or delivery, you know, how to deal with HR, how to be an HR person, so, how to so put your resume together, testing, gonna... all the different areas you could get a job. Yeah, but it's it's not training for them it's it's a it's the development of what's in the the employees heads and their experience of that right we're going to collect all the information that we gather from these two days and we're going to put it into a report and we're going to have a really comprehensive industry report we started collecting the data for this um about six months ago through an online employment survey employee happiness survey which we've been circulating on i took it uh, and our website, and um, and we also um, myself uh, with Maggie Kinsella and Jess Zambrano, um, we three drove around to over seventy cannabis facilities, or might be over eighty cannabis facilities at this point, and spoke directly with the employees of the cannabis industry and invited them um, to attend. We we definitely targeted the Worcester area because it's at the DCU Center. Um, there's 22,000, there's over 22,000 cannabis employees. That's in, Massachusetts, right? In Massachusetts alone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, there's 557 active diversity plans and it's 70% white identified employees. And, you know, there's, there's, there's some room for improvement throughout and we have to figure out how We've, we have, no one has ever sat down and asked the, the employees of the facilities, the employees directly as a community of the workforce. What's your experience? What would you like so, to do? What do you see? How do you see it? So I kind of have a question, I guess. Um, <laughs> where do the unions play in this? Oh, we, uh, we were just, uh, we're part of the caution <clears throat> we were participating in last uh uh last week where we told them about this and we're excited we hope that they attend um yeah i i think that i i see us in parallel to the peak of the employee mountain of happiness 
<laughs> now in now Connecticut, UFCW is it's a union uh employee state. Am I correct, Lou? The the all, all the employees have the option the, to join a union, right? Right. All the employees in, in cannabis in Connecticut will be unionized. The Teamsters have a union. Uh, UFCW has a union. So there's some bona fide unions. And that's what the states kind of pushed at. They, they, it's a bona fide requirement. So they put a requirement in for the actual organization, uh, the representing units to be qualified as a bona fide union organization. And then um, the moment we have two employees we have to uh, open our doors to the unions, which a lot of them have a lot of this stuff, which this would be work great to work in, in conjunction with, um, at least for Connecticut. I know that this is going to be for the entire Northeast. And um, I think Connecticut's the first state to require all the cannabis companies to go union because even our building projects, anything spent over five million has to be a union uh, construction company. And then, um, so it was very, very labor, labor, labor was a really big thing, big portion of cannabis, I guess, in Connecticut. They really focused on those dollars. Um, they did. Yeah. <laughs> but they have, but we haven't had anything like to this magnitude where you're collecting all that data and everything. But I, I would just love to see where the unions kind of, I'm actually wearing a union shirt right now. I'm, I'm wearing a one of the first. Yeah. Now, Mass is not that way, right? They no, do Mass not have that. Right. They do not have that. But I haven't seen an event like this anywhere in the country. No, right? nowhere in the country. No, you're you're breaking okay. ground here with this. This is groundbreaking. Where you're getting the workers actually involved in the process. That's the goal. <laughs> which is really important, you know, because especially in Mass, you're, you've had the industry now since 2016, really up and running 2018. So you've had a, a thriving industry for a while, and there are, like you said, 22,000 employees. You've Now it's time to see what's been going right, what's been going wrong, what would you like to see changed, mm -hmm. how can we improve this, but not coming from the top down, coming, and I don't even want to use the bottom, coming from the workers yeah. up. The foundation. The who actually the foundation. And that's that service triangle. The foundation of the triangle is the largest impact. The the employee level, the hourly, the the front facing employee, that front office individual, that person that literally will have the most face time in your business is the is the epicenter of what you're looking to to gather all that exactly information right. from. And that's the that's that highest touch point. It's the people that it's time to recognize that all everyone in cannabis at this point this is this is a professional industry from yep. from every position this is a you are a professional cultivator you are a professional trimmer you are assessing that product day in and day out and making sure it looks beautiful you have a profession here and if you're over 21 i know very very few people under the age of 21 who have never had a job therefore no one comes into this industry as entry level you can be only entry level once. Right. Once. And that's usually when you're 16 or 18 years old. Exactly. You've at least come in and done some customer service. You mm -hmm. may have stocked shelves, which can translate over into the cannabis industry. So you have some work experience. Now we just have to figure out how to translate it into cannabis. And, and another point I wanted to make is 
you're the employees, let's say the frontline employees, the people actually at the dispensaries giving the cannabis to the customer is your frontline to your clients, your customer base, your patients, and they get the feedback from them. And therefore, they're the ones who can transfer that feedback back to you, back to management, back to everything. So it's really important to maintain a line of communication, especially with the people who are dealing with the public, because they really know what the public wants. And that's what it comes down to. You have to really not only service, serve your employees well and make sure they, they are in the best work environment, but the employees, if they are in the best work environment, are going to give the best experience to your clients, your customers, the people who are actually keeping you in business and getting feedback from them. So, you know, it's really where you're getting feedback right from the client, the customer, because it comes through the employee. One of these sessions I'm really excited about that that um, that I'm going to actually get to host the discussion for is designing a consumer education campaign. So we've, you know, got milk, the dairy industry. Where's got? I, don't, I mean, I don't think that copying that exactly is quite where it was going. But we have. They are, but, I've seen it out there. <laughs> um, I would love to talk to the front lines about what they think a good consumer education campaign looks like that, you know, steers people away from give me the highest THC to help me understand the cannabinoid profile, yeah. uh, you know, that promotes science and, and good testing and, you know, clean materials and follow your nose. Um, how do we create that campaign and then make it so it's, you know, you know, safe for the public, well, I also think it. what would be really good to include in that would be the medicinal benefits of mm -hmm. cannabis. Like, in other words, a lot of these people who are going in and buying it adult use are still kind of using it, just smoking it, not knowing why, you know, they're just getting high. But if you could educate them on, hey, you know, when you go to the dispensary, if you have back pain, maybe this, you know what I mean? CBG can help a higher, you know, so they know what to look for in the dispensaries for specifically what they may want to take care of, you know. I think that's important in consumer education, not just to medical patients, but to everyone to know how, how beneficial this plant is in how many ways, you know. Yeah, I'm excited about this event. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to to hear from. So, from how long line. did it take you to put this together? Um, I started thinking about it, I think, two years ago, and I floated it to a couple different groups I work with. Um, but I'm very super busy, so I sort of just said, "I ooh, I'm just gonna do. It. We got to do it." So, um, I found I found a grabbed some women that I was enjoying working with. Um, and we started outlining what it could look like and um, how many people we'd need. This, you can't start this one small, right? Because you got it. You're looking for such uh, for a variety of feedback and you want to get people from a variety of different businesses across, you know, a whole state, really. 
So, um, and you know, next time we do it, you know, let's get let's get the rest of the Northeast involved. Let's get Connecticut in there. Um. So, I, and I think there, there's there. Yeah, sorry, I think there's going to be a lot of catharsis too while we're there. Um. But I just lost my train of thought. All right. So since we're getting close to the end, why don't you let us know a little all the details about it? And if you remember what you were thinking of, we can hit it up right at the end. DCU Center, tell us. DCU Center, yeah. So it has to be big, exactly. We had to have a lot of people in order. It has to have a lot of people in order to make to make the data come out the way we want it to, uh, not the way we want it to, but to get enough data to get the information we are looking for to build a report. Um, that report will go back to the CCC and all of our sponsors, um, and will give. Um, some a, a presentation of the results of the of the study that we did online so far um, at the event as well. Um, so it'll be at the DCU Center August thirtieth and thirty first. Um, we're starting early, so seven. Uh, no, I have to be there at seven. But you guys could be there at like eight thirty. And we'll do networking roundtables, um, and we'll do well keynote speaker. I'm so excited. Ellen Brown is coming as a keynote speaker who's Excellent. also been in vocational training in Massachusetts um Absolutely. for as long as I have. <laughs> Couldn't think of anyone else who was more perfect fit. Um uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fantastic. Two days we have a lunch cart there. Um so um grateful to Green Path Legal for sponsoring the concession stand to be with us. And Fernway is going to be there. Um, and they're hooking up gift bags. And if you ever go to Kin at this event and you learn about gift bags and you're like, oh yeah, Fernway's Fernway's the bag, man. Um, and Liam's going to be talking about uh, leading a conversation of uh, branding and marketing in the cannabis space and identifying uh, you know, tools and techniques to maximize your brand. So this is good for entrepreneurs as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Everyone should come. Anyone, everyone should come. Everyone, yeah. I'm going to try and get up there myself. How's that, Kara? Everyone um, should come. I'm in town right now. So <laughs> if I can find my way up there, I will. So Tickets are all on Eventbrite, too. What's that? Tickets are on Eventbrite. Before I forget. Okay, yeah. Let us know now. How do we get tickets? What's the social media handles? Where can they find out more info? Absolutely. NERC Symposium. N-E-R-C-S-Y-M-P-O-S-I-U-M. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, We have some really, really good articles. So if you're an employee in the cannabis industry and you think your boss should buy you a ticket for this, go to our LinkedIn page. Go to our articles and blogs. And there's all kinds of like outlined arguments for you to take to why they should pay for this for you to go from all the different departments. Like I should go to this because as head of cultivation, they're going to be talking about tools and we need to think about our next upgrade. Like there's your excuse. They should pay for you to go to this. Have you gotten support from the dispensaries, cultivators and the, the, okay, very, very good. So they're all down with it. Yeah, no, the people are coming. Um, All of our sponsors got big ticket packages to make sure that their employees can attend. Um, Got partners like Mass Cultivated, who um, is a nonprofit and working towards education. He's giving out a whole bunch of tickets. Um, We offered free tickets to social equity and economic empowerment companies. uh, And we have, yeah, no, it's been, no, it's been a lot of, a 
a lot of people seem excited about it. You know, you're having that nightmare in the middle, like where you're standing at the front of the classroom and like you're in your underwear. Right. Like, yeah. You've you've been having that dream, huh? Like you're gonna be <laughs> there. I think everything's gonna be just fine up there. You know, you got a lot of support in the industry. I think it's a great novel new concept that you know it's something that is it could be spread out across the country do you know what i mean any state that has legal cannabis of course but uh it's something i'd love to see here in connecticut i know it'd be it would do great and uh so that's the dcu center this weekend nec n-e-r-c-s symposium.com there's a yeah. link to the event right on that, right? Mm -hmm. And on all your social media. Yeah. So people can go there, buy tickets, uh, and just come on up. And you welcome people from Connecticut as well, correct? Yeah. There's so much to share. I'd love that. It's, it's for everyone from Jersey to Maine. Um, I, you know, definitely, I'm realizing that if I was to actually accomplish getting enough of a purview from all of those states, I would have to have like, a thousand or more people in attendance um if i had if i was going to get a good representation from all those states so you know that's like all together now five-year plan five year okay well good that's good this should be a, uh an annual event in the dc is definitely be an annual event. so great so anybody who is interested anybody who is working in the cannabis industry wants to work in the cannabis industry is an entrepreneur is a manager even if you are an owner, you should go to the NERC Symposium. Kara is, has always put on great top-notch events. I can attest to that myself. That is nercsymposium.com. -E we are just about out of time. Kara, it is always a pleasure to see you. Much success. Hopefully, I can get up there. If not, I will be there in spirit as always. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Um, Lou, any final words? No, I just I enjoy everything. And thank you so much to everybody, Kara. I look forward to going to your event. Uh, everybody else, stay happy, healthy, and hi. Joe, what's your words, sir? Shout out to Maggie Kinsella, who just uh, chatted us. Very nice. Always good to hear from her. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can reach me at Joe the Weed Guy on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, and I think that's it, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Greenhaven Media and at Cannabis Corner Radio. Always a pleasure. Brain Valencia's event is this weekend up in Wallingford. Remember the NERC Symposium, the 30th and the 31st. Yeah, have a great day. Much love to you, and we'll see you all next week. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. You could have come on, Maggie. I was gonna get up and find the broom. I directly messaged you at the beginning of this, and you didn't respond. So. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't go. I shared it all of it out, so I was happy to amazing. I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. I could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. I'm taking the next semester and I know why. Why, Because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Go to the next. Go to the next. Go to the next. I was gonna go to court before I got high.
I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you wasn't. Uh. They took my whole paycheck, and I know why. Why, man? Hey, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high.